to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a wild night it was in college basketball. Yes, March Madness has survived and March Madness has finished, completed, and we have a brand new national championship. We'll get into that in a sec. And also, we're going to talk about Sam Darnold. Was this trade a saving grace for Darnold's career? And could he actually flourish and how this actually may work out for both the Jets and the Panthers? I can't believe I just said both the Jets. It just doesn't go right with the Jets and going and making a good decision. It just doesn't usually, but we're going to see. But let's start off with last night. Coming in, we've seen this before because we've been on fans of the side of going against perfection, as the New York Giants once did stop that perfection of 18-0 with the New England Patriots. Let's go to college basketball, and now we had a team in Gonzaga. I know we haven't even actually talked about the final four game. Maybe we'll go down as the, to me, that was the greatest game I've ever watched as a basketball fan. And it was a shame that somebody had to lose in that game, but just, it, it literally was the, it was like a perfect movie. I know the score and the way they ended, but how that game went before any of that even happened was just back and forth. It reminded me of just a 15 round fight a bloodbath of just knocking each other out with the best punches and each team giving it back it was an instant classic and thank god that ucla and Gonzaga gave us that because baylor well baylor's been doing this to everybody in this tournament they ran house they ran house on the cougars of houston in the final four and we thought houston would give them a game and then last night the, the surprise i would say this is a surprise but maybe some would say not because we have to also remember ladies and gentlemen Earlier this year, these two teams were supposed to play. This was supposed to be one versus two, but due to COVID protocols and somebody in, in one of the programs getting COVID, they had to postpone this game. So we finally got to see this matchup. And it was a great March Madness. But was Baylor really the best team? We talked about Gonzaga all year, Ted. And they were well doing. They defeated a lot of great opponents. But was this Baylor team actually the best team in college basketball this season? They were last night. I mean, we talked about it last night after the game, and you're like, what'd you say? I'm like, well, they only lost one game. You go, no, they lost two. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State, Kansas. But for yeah. the most part, they were dominant all year. Um, they had three guys that shot over 40% from the three. They had three big guys that they can pull in and out, versatile. They had a great coach. This was a team that um, you thought last year had a chance to have a run at the national championship slash final four. And because of what happened with regards to COVID last year, you know, everything got canceled. So this is the finale. This is what Baylor wanted. This is what they got. If you really look at the tournament, they dominated everyone they played from first round to the last round. There, there wasn't a close game. I mean, they, they destroyed Houston in the final four. It was over, like, similar to last night's game. Four, yeah, it was like 43 to, like, 18 at one point in the final four. And then last night. I mean, they had literally everyone they had played, they had pretty much dominated. Now, I saw on Twitter last night, you know, stupid people saying, ah, oh, this is Gonzaga. This is what the, happens when you play in the West Coast Conference. They didn't play anyone. Well, then you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't watched college basketball. If you realize who they had beaten this year, 
They had beaten their two, three, and four seeds in their own in their own March Madness tournament or conf, you know bracket in the bracket and dominated. Them. They had pretty much dominated everyone they played this year. They had won twenty nine of their thirty or twenty seven of their twenty nine games by double digits. You know their closest mm-hmm. games were to BYU, but I mean, with that being said, Baylor was the best team last night. Now I don't know how they would have played ten out of ten games. I think it would be a lot closer. Gonzaga was just overwhelmed in the beginning. And I think when you're down 19 to 20 points and you're always fighting uphill battle, where it feels like you're running uphill, but someone's throwing rocks at you and you're dodging and you get up close and then boom, they hit you. I mean, the closest I think I remember them getting last night was about nine with about 7.34 left. And next thing you know, it was back to 16 and 20. I thought the biggest difference last night was the physicality and the defense of Baylor. Also, their ability to hit the three. If you looked at this, the oh my God, Baylor, they could not miss. One or two threes, and, and they might be made three or four, but I'm not going to count the last two by Suggs late in the fourth quarter. I mean, late in the um, end of the game when there was less than three minutes left. I mean, Baylor, they were hitting threes. Listen, I'll trade threes for twos all day long. All right, you, you got to hit three twos. I only got to hit two threes. And and that's what Baylor does well. And their defense was ferocious. Mitchell was unbelievable. That's why he was the defense player of the year. Baller actually showed up. He had not had a great tournament, and he played really well last night. First mm-hmm. player since Carmelo in 2003 to have 20 points and seven assists. So, hey, listen, a great finale. I think as fans, we always hope for a greater game. You know, you, you thought you had yeah. the two best teams, and you were hoping that you would get that, you know, Rocky Balboa-Apollo uh, fight. But you didn't get it. It was Mr. T in, real, in the first fight before Rocky came back where it was over early and it was over by the yeah, third round. Was, had to throw in the towel. It was crazy. Like, I remember just because I was working last night and um, I put on the game and it was already right off the bat, 23 to 8. I'm like, wait, what the hell's going on here? This is not supposed to happen. Gonzaga is undefeated. They've dominated everybody they can at will. They just probably matched a better opponent. And if they played 10 times – I give the edge to Baylor about eight or nine of those 10 times. I think with the physicality, with the defense that they play and the big three of Baylor just outperformed the big three of Gonzaga. Butler, Teague, and Mitchell were better than Timmy, Kisper, and um, Suggs. Plain and simple. That's yeah, well, like, those, were, those were the three big stars. Those were the six big stars you can say coming into this game. And the Baylor Bears big three outperformed. Like Drew Timmy had an unbelievable season. But he went, he went against Mark Vidal, and he looked like he was overmatched. He looked like they haven't seen. Well, hold on. Even the three-point shooting, they had great looks. Um, yeah, listen, but Tom, and they couldn't capitalize where Baylor was the same place, A high screen and roll at the top of the key with Mitchell. And then Timmy was the, the trade-off, and you had the guard on the big man, and Timmy's guarding Mitchell. And if anyone knows him, most guards can't even guard Mitchell. So it was a high screen and roll, and they ran the play consistently in the second half, and, and Gonzaga had no answer. Listen, I don't want to hear Gonzaga was overrated. Stop. They're not no. They're not overrated. The reason why they're like strength is You sound like an idiot. You just sound like a typical – Their strength is schedule because their conference is shitty, but that doesn't mean they're bad. That doesn't mean they're bad because when they played everyone that was in the top, top – top competition all year round, they had dominated. Now, does Baylor consistently this year – listen, this is a COVID year, so teams were only playing interdivisional games. So Baylor was playing the Big 12 all the time. They were playing Kansas Place. They were playing Oklahoma State. Big 12 was on a a daily and weekly basis giving Baylor more competition. But Gonaga – Gonaga was no slouch. 
So yeah, that's definitely a new one. Listen, Suggs, you get the two fouls early in the first four minutes of the game. That doesn't give you a good start, especially when he's he, he really sets the tone for them. Timmy was not able to dominate. I thought man-to-man Gonzaga was overmatched physicality. And speed-wise, listen, I told you this last night, and this is no disrespect to Gonzaga because I I have a much more found respect to them than I think you have because you've always knocked them. You're like, oh, it's no, but not this, not this, not this year. This is what what's it, uh, they say the pros versus the Joes, and then there's some pros on Gonzaga, but Jalen Suggs is going to be a top three pick. You know how when you just look at a team or players and you're like that guy's an athlete, the athletes that Baylor was able to throw on the court were so much better than Gonzaga because Chris Bird didn't do anything. He was an All American, didn't do anything. I'm not. I forget the gentleman's name, number eleven for Gonzaga, who had 22 points in the in the final four game. But where was he? Gonzaga team himself did not show up. I would have loved to see a rematch. Oh, I, I, uh, he only had eight points. He struggled last night. He didn't do so anything. I would have loved to see Gonzaga where they're not down 23 to three in the first three minutes. Let's see a game because Gonzaga played much better in the second half, but it was yep. too late, too little. And, yeah, and it was just every time, every time um, they were trying to cut into the lead, Baylor responded with like a big three or something. And we can't, we can't knock Gonzaga. I know, I know everybody's gonna knock him because all oh, typical. They get to the national championship, the final four, and they and they blow it. This was a team that went thirty-one and zero. This is a team that dominated everybody they played. This was a team that scored almost as many points as any other team in history of college basketball, which is ninety point ninety-two points a game. This was a team that had everything. They had stars. They had the coach. They had the will to win. They just they just met an inferior ma- a, a team, another team. It happened. Like what I said. Like what I said. When we talk about the Giants and the Patriots, this the Patriots team was like Gonzaga. They can score like, score at will. They beat everybody on their schedule. They had to do what they had to do, and they dominated. And they met a team like the New York Giants, like the Baylor Bears, who were known for great well, defense. Here's the difference in that. Hold on, listen. We're, we're known not for number one seed in the NFC. Oh, I know. I understand. I understand that. But just take that out. I'll take all the main things. Is look at the little similarities. Is their strength was their defense, and also was their three point shooting. Coming into this field, coming into this tournament, they were the best shooting three point shooting team in the entire country, and it really showed last night. And every time Gonzaga had an answer and tried to cut into the lead. Baylor just came right back, got a two or got a big three, and they never really had an opportunity. Really, never had a chance. I even told you last night, going on the way home, I was like, it just didn't feel like a national championship. Maybe it's because it was a blowout, and we were so spoiled from this weekend's um, Final Four game between Gonzaga and UCLA that we were hoping for that part two in the national. Gonzaga was spent two from the other night. I don't know. UCLA UCLA went. I mean, toe-to-toe with them. Because Baylor, listen, because Baylor kind of coasted in their game. So, you know, the pressure of playing the and whole UCLA game. UCLA went 45 minutes straight of nonstop. It just – it was a remark. That game, I know we didn't get to talk about that. We didn't get to – but that game, that was unbelievable. That's one for the his, uh, history books. I'll go down as one basketball games I've ever watched. Probably the greatest basketball game. will be there again next year. They're already the betting favorite next year to win the national championship. I gave you the stat last night. I'll give it to our fans who will actually watch the show. Um, I believe it was four straight times, the number one and number two teams that started in the preseason. So Gonzaga was the preseason number one. Baylor was the number two. 
the number two team had won the, when they faced in the national championship, had won each of the matchups. The last time that happened was 1999 when UConn upset and shocked the world. They beat Duke. Um, that was the Quid Elamine team with Rip Hamilton that beat the Ellen Brand team. With Congratulations. Let's move on. Forget about it. We're not talking about it. All that. right, we're moving on to the next subject. Let's no, go. hold on. Before we get to that, let's because March Madness has officially closed out and we have a champion. I want to ask you, what was your – I always ask this question to you because I want to know. What would you give the overall grade of March Madness 2021? Hey. Anything into consideration. Hey. Hey. How could you not? Anything less than an A would be stupid. Listen, considering this, considering everything that's still going upon us, now we got double variants of COVID in California to find in. You got people getting still getting after. For them to really have only that one little hiccup of VCU, right? And, and, that's really, and that was in the first round. Yeah, right against Oregon. And that's unfortunate. But with that being said, to be able to not have any other issues going forward, all the games were played. We had tons of upsets. Now, I know a lot of people don't like that because sometimes you don't get the blue blood teams that end the thing. But at the end of the day, you got the two best teams in the national championship. Baylor won the national championship. You know, listen, what could, what did you want that you didn't get? Okay? You got the upset of Iowa over Illinois. You got, listen, Michigan got down to the wire and lost the UCLA, UCLA 11 seed, Syracuse, Houston. You had everything you wanted. You had some buzzer beaters. The first game of the season, uh, first game of the tournament was Virginia Tech and Florida, and that went to oh, a yeah. buzzer beater overtime. And then Florida that went to was overtime. So, I mean, you got a little bit of everything in this tournament. You got you start to learn who some of these guys, Drew Zhang from UCLA. I didn't know who he was all season long. He just made himself millions of dollars, will be drafted probably in the NBA if he chooses to leave. I think as a whole, we got what we wanted. We got March Madness. We got a great tournament. I just don't know what people would want more so than what you got. I, you, I know think, how, you know I how think, people are now. Listen, we're always greedy. We always want more. But I think you got to give the tournament mark NCAA an A+. Plus. Uh, give him an A. There's no such thing as an A+. Plus. Yeah, I, I'm giving it a solid A. I mean, everything, even for the women. But for both of these, both of these, um, oh, my goodness, the women and the, and the men's side, to both survive and get to a national championship, complete the tournament without a hiccup other than the VCU-Oregon game in the first round, that right there gives you an A. They, I mean – we didn't have March Madness a year ago. We didn't have any of this. We didn't have the excitement, the 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 chaos, the people losing their minds over brackets. We got that all this year. We got it on the first day. It came yeah. all the way down to the wire, the Final Four. We may have ha may have seen the greatest college basketball game of all time. It's a possibility. I know. I talked to Dad to people that have watched it longer than I have, and they said, "Yeah, that was the greatest game I ever." I mean, that says a lot for a tournament. There was the upsets. And it was different also on the top of you didn't get no Dukes, you get no Kentuckys, you get no Louisvilles. Michigan State was out in the first uh, first round, first four. Um that was UCLA game. That was Kansas UCLA was, game. UCLA, know, was UCLA, that UCLA game. on top of it was down 14 in that game. So the run that they made was incredible. That was the Cinderella of this year, but it was UCLA. Kansas, where were they? They were nowhere to be found. It was different because you had no blue bloods, you had you had different teams, and you had a team like UCLA who's been in the dumps for some time in the Pac-12. And speaking of the Pac-12, job well done to the Pac-12 of, of for a team that is also that has been a conference that's getting ripped apart all the time. Job well done by them. Big Ten, where you at? Because you were a no-show, but an overall great tournament. I loved it, and I'm excited to see what comes next year. But all in all, the Baylor Bears, congratulations to the new newest champions the first in baylor history with a dominant performance 86 to 70 
or the Gonzaga Bulldogs once perfection. So let's move on to the other big news yesterday. And we kind of knew this was going to happen, or some would say they did, but the Jets were so torn apart on if they wanted to move on from Sam Darnold or keep him and build around him. Well, we got that answer. And now that answer come in the next 24 days or 25 days comes a little more clearer of who the New York Jets are going to take a number two. I will be either so Justin Fields, most likely will be Zach Wilson, but the Jets finally move on from their once called franchise savior, Sam Darnold, that he's goes to the Carolina Panthers and the boy, oh boy, the New York Jets get more and more picks. They will have now 21 picks within the next two drafts. So Jets and Panthers, go ahead. They both. No, I was going to say they similar, similar to what similar to what the Miami Dolphins did, where they both have two first rounds and two second rounds the next three years. Um, you know what's funny, Trev? When we started doing the show, we remember two three years ago. Remember how we our big controversial thing was how could the Giants take Saquon over Sam Darnold and any of these other quarterbacks? Now, listen, we, no one knew Lamar was going to be the way he is, but listen, he still hasn't won a Super Bowl. All right. So, and Baker still got some questions, even though he had a really good season last year. Josh Rosen is, uh, I don't know where he is right now. Probably surfing on the I think the, the Giants are bringing him in to look at, to see if maybe as a backup. And, and the, the best quarterback of that class right now, without question of doubt, I think is Josh Allen. All right. I, I think as a true quarterback, Josh Allen's the best quarterback right now. His team was in the AFC Championship game, and I think if he progresses, he'll be better. It's funny, though. We look at it three years later. They gave up three second-round picks to go get Sam Darnold. The Giants didn't take a quarterback. We took a running back, and Sam Darnold shipped out to another team. I think it's a perfect fit for Sam Darnold, all right? From what, we heard, what I heard and read reports on, Denver wasn't interested in him. They felt that he was similar to Drew Locke. So you, that wasn't an upgrade. Then you look at the 49ers. They traded up. They went to go, they're going to draft a quarterback because what we learned in the NFL is while you have a rookie quarterback within that first four years, you can pretty much do what the hell you want because it gives you so much flexibility within your salary cap space that you can go get big time free agents. You can make moves because we saw that. That's what Seattle was able to do when they had Russell Wilson. Listen, it's just, it's been a progression. That's how the Giants won their first Super Bowl. Eli was still under the rookie deal. Joe Flacco under, I mean, it's just, the history goes back. I love it. I think it's going to give him a, I mean, think about it. He's going to go from New York to Carolina. I mean, talk about being going from the big-time Apple to a smaller, quieter, more comfortable, almost college-like atmosphere in Carolina. He's going to get the best running back in the NFL, which he's never had a running back, Christian McCaffrey. He's going to have his old teammate, Robbie Anderson, a deep threat put. He's going to have DJ Moore, the intermediate guy, all right? And he's going to have Joe Brady, who, had been work, who worked wonders, for Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. all right? Now, if he can progress, Sam Darnold, Joe Brady will eventually be out of there. But I like where they're at. They still keep their number one pick, the number eight pick, and they can do a lot of things. They could, if Pitt fall, I'd take Pitts. Now you got your tight end, receivers, and running backs. Or I think more likely that we both looked at last night, maybe they go get one of the offensive linemen if they're both sitting there and reinforce that offensive line because they have lost linemen. Well, they, lost straight to, they got rid of Trey Turner this offseason. And whatnot, you know, Newell, uh, Newell, the guard, went to uh, Jacksonville a couple years. Trey Turner went to the Chargers. So um, I'm excited for the move. It's also funny that the Carolina will be playing the Jets this year. Mm -hmm. I saw that reported by Adam Schefter. So that's, that's always makes for an interesting uh, storyline going when that game is played. But listen, it's a win-win. 
The Jets are going to take their rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. I think that's inevitable. They pick up three extra draft picks, a six, a six round this year, a second and a fourth next year. And and they're able to rebuild and move forward with a new coach, a new quarterback, and it, and, and an opportunity for them to grow. Because I think Sam Darnold, sometimes you just fall in quicksand and you and you, you just can't get yourself out. And I think as much as Sam, they would have liked to see Sam Darnold progress, I think it was best for both organizations, both the Jets, Sam Darnold, and Carolina, to move on and get their new quarterback. Yeah, play, yeah, plain and simple. This is a move that I'm I'm kind of surprised. I know that with Carolina in the sense of I know they needed a quarterback. They were done with Teddy Bridgewater. I know earlier in the offseason they were really trying hard to go get Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson has his own issues going on right now. Sam Darnold was probably the next best available guy there because Russell yeah. Wilson be, he Russell Wilson wasn't going to get traded. But you look at you look at now Sam Darnold's situation and scenario that he's in. He's got a young head coach, a young offensive minded coach, and and Matt Rule. You got Joe Brady, who I think is going to eventually be a head coach within the next year or two. You got Christian McCaffrey, who didn't even play last year, pretty much. So then you get DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I know you lose Curtis Samuel, and you said Ted. They have a lot of options now at that eighth pick. They can take Penny Sewell over Sean Slater, whoever is there. They could take one of the wet receivers. Me personally, I would go line to give him protection. But this is a guy that has looked good at times. Here's the thing. There's been some wow moments for him. He's had some wow moments before. And even with the New York Jets, when he didn't play with the Jets, they were 0-10. They were an awful guy. I mean, they were already bad. Without Sam Darnold, this team was putrid just look like a JV offense. So to see him, and I know Joe Douglas, this was a tough decision on him. But now with the new coaching regime and Robert Sala, you know that they want their guy. They're going to look to the future and say, well, look, let's see. So we got the second, the 20, the 34. They got three picks in the top 34 picks. So right there off the bat, you're going to take a quarterback. You can use all these picks. And let's not think that the Jets are just going to stand pat with all these picks. I mean, they have so much of so many options. And if they wanted to move back up or in the first round, who cares? Oh, give up a couple picks? Okay. <laughs> we got 21 the next two drafts. Who gives a crap? Who cares? I go pick yeah. the best available player there. Go at a deep player. Go at another all weapon if you want. Who cares? Yeah, we, both, we both had them taking a running back, I believe, in both our mock drafts that we did so far. The two part. I think we both had them taking a quarterback and a running back. Um when yeah. we both when we did that. I will say this though for Carolina. Uh, it's a win-win too because first you get Sam Darnold. They already are going to accept his fifth-year option, so that means he's there this year, and next year. So this is what the, it's going to be. It's going to be five million this year, nine, nineteen million next year, which means you're going to get a starting quarterback for for twenty-four million dollars over the next two seasons. Not too bad for Carolina. You still got some young players now. When Justin Fields is sitting there at eight, there's a possibility that Carolina. I'm excuse me, that New England could always come calling. Well, now, you, or, or you, now you see Atlanta. You see Atlanta trying to trade that fourth pick. So but I, here's the, I know you're sorry, four, but and whoever's that's, number four. You're going to have to give up a lot to come to four, wherever you're coming from, wherever. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you come to eight, you might have to give up a little less. So if if Carolina does does choose to go back to fifteen, well, realistically, now, now, the, now the draft now the draft capital that they lost. They could gain back, and they could still listen. You could get to get Variah Tucker, the guard slash tackle from USC. You can get a receiver. You can get a defensive player. Now, don't forget, Carolina went all defense last year. So we'll see what happens. Here's, here's the thing about here's 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 here
I'm surprised the Bears didn't give the Jets a call. Considering what Carolina gave up a second, a, a six, a second, and a fourth. Considering where the Bears are. Now, listen, maybe they just think Andy Dalton's just as good as Sam Darnold. I don't know. I, I, that's a lot I, of going That's a lot of, you're putting a lot of faith, Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy, a lot of faith. I know Sam Darnold hasn't give you anything really to be excited about. Yeah, but he's with the Jets. I, I'll give him a pass. I, I understand that. And if you think Matt Nagy's the right man for the job, you'd say he would fix Sam Darnold. Okay, he does throw picks. It was an issue when he was at USC. It's an issue. Whatever. So did Brett Favre. But can you win the games? Now, the Jets were god-awful. I'm surprised the Bears didn't do that. Whatever. It's the Bears. Andy Dalton's going to be their starting quarterback, and they're going to draft some guy that is not going to make There's that much effort. Listen, it's a win-win for everyone. Like you said, the Jets get draft capital, gives them flexibility and cap space and draft assets going forward if they want joe douglas is supposedly a really smart man so we'll see what happens going forward and carolina gets their quarterback for the next two years and carolina has just reported that they will let teddy bridgewater um seek trades okay. if he chooses to and that's the thing that makes it so tough is that now with you already know that three of the t- uh, three of the five quarterbacks will be gone by pick four so atlanta's pick becomes that much more valuable now what does atlanta do does atlanta decide to keep that pick, draft a quarterback, or see, that's the thing that makes it so tough with teams like this. You're in a situation where you have teams that are going to want to try to trade up. Denver Broncos would be the first team that comes to mind because they don't have a situation. They don't have a quarterback that they could say, Hey, I'm, I'm good with this. They're not comfortable with drew lock. They need to find whether that's Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or hell, if it's even Mac Jones, they got to figure out which one are they going to try to go after the Patriots is an, or another option. You have teams. That's why Atlanta is in a good situation because you can either draft that quarterback, your future franchise quarterback, or you can trade back, pick up pieces, and still get a great player at whatever position you are, whether that be nine or whether that be outside the top ten. Atlanta's in a good position, but that's where the draft starts now because we know three quarterbacks are going <laughs> to three quarterbacks are going to get drafted. It's just we don't, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the draft starts at number two. Remember, that's how you started one of the shows off. Yeah, next, next, next week, next week, it's we'll going to. Now we're going to start at number four. Well, if Atlanta's so, serious about trading their pick, yeah, by next week, we're going to be saying, well, the draft starts at five because we already know if one of those teams, if it's Denver or somebody, we know they're not trading up to go take a receiver or a lineman. They're going to go up and take a, a, the quarterback. It's just so, to feel much better than you. So then you're going to have realistically one quarterback left and going out, out going in the pick five. That pay, that quarterback and whoever wants to becomes vital. It becomes vital, and that's where New England comes in. I think I, I here's what I think: if Denver moves up, I think they would take Trey Lance. Okay, the question: like everybody's be, really high on Trey, Trey Lance, and everybody's kind of just like ah, oh, Justin Fields. I just I'm not buying. That's, it. that's okay. Well, he because he has a lot of vulnerabilities. What you saw <laughs> in the big, I you see he what he was. Teams, teams are going to ta- are going to draft a guy, yeah, because of potential and play. Hold on, yeah, hold on. That a team, somebody okay, said he plays with the best team every year in the Big Ten, and he plays against. It's like Gonzaga, bro. The Big Ten stinks. Michigan stinks. Penn State is okay, but if you look at Ohio State, they are the Alabama of the Big Ten. So you, no, mean they, to t- so you mean to tell me that you you were so playing, listen when you play with the better talent every week, you're going to just like Mac Jones. This is Mac Jones. We talked about this off script. When you're playing with two number one receivers, when you have the number, you had the best left tackle in the game. You had the Remington winner, the center. You have the Najee. You had Najee Harris, the Doak Walker. I mean, when you have all these award winners, 
you're gonna look a lot better than everyone else. The problem is, you know what I'm, saying? I'm not saying I'm not taking. I'm not taking. Justin Fields, he did not play well in the three big games that he needed to. Who? Justin Fields did not play well against Indiana. Did not play well against. Look at his two seasons. Go look at Alabama. Okay, Alabama with broken freaking ribs and playing against Alabama. Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have looked good. Trevor Lawrence didn't look good against Ohio State. So we don't we don't knock Trevor Lawrence. We keep saying, oh, Trevor Lawrence is the greatest thing in the world. But the last time we saw him in a football well, game, you're also, you're also biased because you're Ohio State fan. No, I'm just saying the last time we saw the last time Ohio State quarterback succeeded, he got his ass kicked, and and Justin Fields was thrown for six touchdowns. All I'm saying is Justin Fields up until this season, or maybe uh, maybe the past couple months. We all thought it was going to be one, two, Fields and Lawrence, or, or or Lawrence and Fields. That's what we thought. Now all of a sudden, Mac Jones. Oh, oh, you really mean to tell me that we're going to take a guy in Mac Jones? Yeah, he's he came from Alabama. Oh, oh he's smart. He, he reads great defenses. Oh, like you said, Ted, it helps when you got all the greatest talent in the world, and not to mention last year. Then you're going to tell me you're going to take another guy. We'll get into this all more because we're going to get post our mock drafts. We got a, a, maybe another one or two that we're going to do before the actual draft. Tomorrow. So next week, and then you, you mean to tell me is that we're gonna, t- and then you're gonna take a guy that's only played in 17 games, let alone only one game last year, and didn't even look good. But we're gonna knock Justin Fields. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm going with Justin Fields, and if he could go to a team like Atlanta or even San Fran, then he's put in a great situation. Whoever, I, goes, he's either. I think, I think more likely if he's sitting there at Abun, I think that's where New England comes calling. See, I, yeah, and I, and I, that's right with me. That would be another great position. See, if Denver tried to trade up and drafted him, I don't think he would do well because I, 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 I have to see him kind of get a couple games, like just, just see it all. Whereas, well, see, that was better than Drew Locke. If you go to San Fran, or if you could go to um, um, or if you could go to oh my God, I'm losing my sample or Atlanta, he could sit for a year or maybe even play midway of the season. Exactly, but. He's going to have to start. But here's yes. my question. I don't look at him much better than Drew Locke. Okay. Because when we had, when Drew Locke was coming out, we liked both Drew Locke. Well, you had him going to the Giants. I looked at some, some um, Facebook. No, I, I, know, I know. You thought he was going to be the Giant guy. You're like strong arm quarterback, athletic, little moxie in him. He would be a, a nice fit. Now, listen, I don't think Drew Locke's bad, but you look at that, that conference or division over there. Okay. You know who Mahomes is. We all think Justin Herbert's the next. Big thing. Big thing. Yep. Derek Carr is no slouch. I know he it's he doesn't jump off the page to you, but look at his stats. He's progressively a really good quarterback every year. And then you're looking at Denver like, damn, I have the fourth best quarterback in the division. And here, oh, sorry, one other thing. I'm surprised Washington didn't give the Jets a call. San yeah, Arnold. I don't know. But 16 games, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think you're getting a seven and nine team, six and ten hey, we'll team. Take, maybe we'll, maybe hey, that we team good, but we'll see. So, but yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I said the draft started at two, and last week I said draft starts at three, and now we'll go this week. We'll start the draft at four. That could change drastically because now the Atlanta Falcons are looking to try to trade out of four. So whoever's coming up, I guess we could say. That's where the draft will start now at number four. But the big news, the national champs, March Madness has been completed. A great overall tournament. Also, somebody said that Oral Roberts, a 15 seed, coming almost down to the wire, maybe making it to the Elite Eight. So yeah. that was another that was just another huge thing. Oh, breaking news. 
uh, trade alert. Not that it's huge news, but Yankees are finalizing a deal to acquire infielder uh, Odor from the Rangers. Jeff Passan just reported. Wow, really? That's an MLB trade alert just came out breaking. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. So for that, that'll probably give them flexibility, which he, yeah, he, I, think he play, I believe he can play second, third, and short. I'm not sure. He's going to have to shave that beard. Hey, at least, at least we know he can throw a good punch, baby. Oh, yeah, we know that. But it was a great March Madness, and the New York Jets look like they're going to be selecting their next quarterback and face and hopeful face of the franchise. Sam Darnold has a new home. Let's see if he flourishes. We'll be back later this week to discuss the first week of MLB baseball with the Joseph McGuire. Talk about the New York Yankees as well. And we'll see what happens with the NFL because right now, it's traffic one. Hey. There's a lot that's going to happen. We're going to post our mock drafts, mock draft 3.0 within the next, within by the end of the week at latest. And then we'll post another one before the NFL draft actually occurs. All-star game got moved to Colorado, which is nice. I would love to see Judge and Stan in the home run derby. Now we can hit 500 foot bombs in that Colorado atmosphere. That would be awesome. But yes, we will talk about that at the end of the week. We'll talk about the whole baseball with Joseph McGuire. Are going to have Joe on? Is Joe going to be back? Of course. He wants, come on, he wants to talk about Kraken. Kraken's been hitting some Kraken. He's been hitting the bombs right now, so... You know, Joe's going to be very excited about that. But, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City, so subscribe, comment, share, and like. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys of the City. We are out. City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday.